Today is Sunday, February 4th, 2024, and let me begin. Achenu kobet Yisrael hanetunim b'tzaro b'shivi omdim b'ing b'yam b'ing b'yam b'sha b'ing b'yam b'yam hamakam yirachem aleyhem yotzeim mitzaro levarchem e'etfele li'orem yishibud legula hashto b'galav v'zman kharib v'noma amen. And I'll only add that the conclusion of my talk on how to survive the war on Hashem Hoshin, on Hashem Hatzlichana, it's now mamish in the stage of Hatzlichana, and we need the Siyata Deshmaya. All right. Animodela Kaddish Baruch Hu, my body was worn down a week ago, and I, besides the war and all the tension, I live around the corner from the Prime Minister, and the whole Zaza, uh, as you know, was shut down. They were sleeping outside his house. How they're allowed to disturb the lives of so many other people, I don't know. There has to be a limit to democracy and demonstration. And it would take me last week 47 minutes to get home instead of seven minutes. So you can draw your own conclusions. Um, but I had some very bad news, and that was the Makabapatish Thursday night. Within seconds, I get an email that uh, Razel Garfield died. That's Vixno's sister. But I'm connected to her many different ways. Her daughter was one of my greatest female students ever, Joanna Garfield, married to my student, Mark Dennis. Ah, and she should be a good to better, wonderful family. It's from a very prominent, the Snow Torah family. And then I got an email from uh, David Tversky that, uh, and I want to dedicate today, she and his memory, that Danny Rosenthal died. And that put me under. I went out like a light. And Friday, Shabbos, I was back where I was three years ago. Saturday night I did a corona test that was negative, and Sunday I started to feel better. I feel a chill. helped, and Baruch Hashem. Uh, in my chesbet for Rabbi Zvulun Chalap, so I just want to make one small correction. I said his wife came from Philadelphia. That's what I meant. Uh, uh, Kenny, I have a Philadelphia hang-up. She came from Buffalo. Worse than that, when I dictated an answer to her daughter, my dear student Annie, so I said uh, Buffalo, but Yomo picked up Baltimore, and he wrote Baltimore, so once again she corrected me. <laughs> but I meant, I, I meant Buffalo. The other interesting uh, aspect is I was sent a copy of a half-page Hespid that was printed by Y.U. and Hamodia, and it's exactly what I said. Rabbeinu Harab, Agarin, Rabbi Zvulun, Chalap, Sadiq, Levrach, and a whole page. And if you read it, you get the impression he was Kulo Haredi. So I imagine it depends where they're publishing the memorial, but uh, the man had a cloak of many colors. Sadiq, Sadiq, Levrach, Danny Rosenthal, and um, here's his picture as I first met him. Uh, Danny, Danny was a very unique individual. Uh, he came from Westchester. 
those of you who are not native New Yorkers, Westchester is like a little bit upstate New York, and there was a day school there. Generally speaking, the kids from Westchester were not that from. He was the first kid who graduated Westchester Day School who came to YU to study for the rabbinate. And uh, when I came into YU in 51, the yeshiva was much smaller and reach was interconnected. It wasn't like today, there's a high school, a college, a postgraduate. Then from first class high school to through smicha, it was one institution. So when I came in, I sought out the top kids in Reitz. That's how I got to know the babe, Rabbi Lichtenstein. That's how I got to know the Gersh, Gersh and Sadowski. There were others, but they were Manfred Fulda. Uh, I sought them out. When Danny Rosenthal came in, he was a kid from Westchester Day School. He sought out the top kids. I'm three years older. But I'm his friend from the day he entered the yeshiva. He sought me out, and uh, I always would introduce him. He came in Aliyah, must be about 15 years ago, and I would always introduce him to anyone. I say, this is the man that I owe my life to. He drove the rubless of their condition the night of my wedding. And uh, he, he had a car that was unheard of a kid, but he came from Westchester already, a better neighborhood, and he drove the rubless of their condition at my wedding. He went into Chinuch, and he was principal and founded day schools, had a very rich Chinuch career. Uh, I, I imagine that the Tolna knows him because he was principal in Seattle. And uh, I can tell you, when he came in Aliyah, we picked up our friendship like, uh, like yesterday, like we never missed each other over the 50 intervening years. But what's fascinating, we always had two debates between us. He came in Aliyah and he was anti-Chabad. He evidently experienced, you see, Chabad, you can have Chabadnikim who believe Either you're a Chabadnik or you're not a good Jew. You're not the ultimate Jew. And he evidently experienced that and at day schools. And My experience with Chabad was just the opposite. I was surrounded. I used to say, On one side of Maplewood was Rabbi Shalom, was, was Rabbi Bogomilski, Shalom Pesach Bogomilski. On the other side was Rav Gordon. And uh, you couldn't ask for Schellenberg Gordon, you couldn't ask for finer, better people. We worked hand in hand. So Danny and I, we, we compare our Chabad experiences. I would come out of it uh, uh, green, and he would come out of it very, very red. The other issue that we used to dialogue on was he was very turned off by the Haredim here, you know, the in my opinion, reformed Jews uh, against the open, open Gemaras, open Mishnah, open Sakalacha, no army, no, no, no core curriculum. But I would always tell him, we have an obligation as YU people to lead the way, to show them that one can be an absolute Ga'on B'Torah, Tzadik B'Mashah, B'Chasid B'Chod and be part of the modern Israeli world. 
And I don't know if I ever convinced him, but at least he listened with a certain, uh, I would say, a certain feeling like this has to be put over. And uh, he was just one of a kind, Danny Rosenthal. And it was very shocking for me because um, I saw him about uh, two weeks ago now. He came to Minchamarev in my shul, Oalarim, where I got him in Minchamarev. And he had a lot of difficulty walking. And most people my age, if you notice the way I walk, I always have someone to hold on to when I go up and down the steps from Berlin to um, Chalap. And it's meniscus. And it's quite often in men. And he was, he was worse than I was. But all right, it's not a life-threatening illness. You just have to get, balance the canes and, and manage... And um, I was so shocked, but I learned afterwards he died very suddenly. He evidently had pneumonia and a heart attack, but very, very sudden. Good for him, but bad for all the friends he left behind. But I want to dedicate today. She married a wonderful lady from it. She was the, uh, when I came in Aliyah, the most important yeshiva dealing with Americans here was Itri. Kenny, you remember Itri? Rab Mordechai Elephant, little did I think that today he's part of my family. My granddaughter-in-law is uh, a, 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 a great niece to him. And uh, it, 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 Danny was studying in Itri, and he married the secretary who was from England, fabulous individual from it, and they had a wonderful family. And I just sent my condolences out. The truth was I felt good enough already on Tuesday that I wanted Lenachim Mabel, but they were already back in America. The last day they were sitting here was Sunday, so I lost that on the chance Lenachim Mabel, but at least I'm a kind something uh, through the uh, yutorah.org. Uh, and find comfort in the memory of such a fabulous individual always had a little schmeichel, a little smile. There was always a little a little playfulness in him. I understand in his youth he was smoking cigarettes at, and they said uh, at the age of five and they said either he'd be a rabbi or a gangster. Thank God he chose to be a rabbi. Okay. Now, coming back to what we spent um, over a month on, on Messira um, and the whole question so I got a very sad uh, email from Lakewood and um, to show you how halacha lemaisa this is. Dear Rebbe, I've been listening, held back from commenting until the union was completed. My wife and myself as an accessory are intimately involved in the struggling teen scene. She is co-principal of a girls' high school here in Lakewood, The Last Hope, with 30-plus students who have their Tzalem Elohim destroyed by depraved people in their life. This leads them down a path of drugs, sex, alcoholism, self-harm, stealing, cursing, no regard for kashrut, struggling to trust adults, eating disorders, etc., etc., all at the ages of a young teen. I invite 
Rabbi Menashe Kleinzal and other Rabbanim who just want to sweep one of suffering of deep abuse at many levels, your hair would stand from hearing these stories. They aren't me too or woke revenge accusation situations. I'm not sure that the police have the answer, but it's more of recognizing what's going on in our surroundings, reading our youth's behavior properly as a response to intense traumas and responding appropriately. The one positive is seeing the resilience of these girls to live, stay connected, and drive to make a life for themselves. God bless my wife and her fellow staff members, the Tom Kim, for undertaking this mission of 24-7 Hatzalat Nefashat. Well, I think this letter speaks for itself, and I can tell you that in the state of Israel, there are a number of such homes that wonderful people, tzaddikim, set up, funded by the government, working with such individuals. It's mainly women whose spiritual life and trust has been destroyed. And there's no question about in the state of Israel, there's not the slightest shiner in the world. You can go and report it. The police have departments, social workers. Uh, Yomo said to me after class, who trains these? She's worried that they're being trained by people who are against us. Chasva Khalila, they are being trained by Talmidei Chachamim, by Tzaddikim, by people who care. And uh, it's just a sad comment on life that this is where we're at. But unfortunately, um, this, these problems have been around for, for centuries, unfortunately. And Tzaddikim can pitch in and help. I'm not sure, he says he doesn't know whether the police can help. I can't talk about America because I don't know what's going on there. But here I know it's a concentrated effort. Okay. Uh, so Halakha you wind up that Lakewood and uh, Rabbi Mark Dratch, Rabbinical Council of America, are all on the same page. So I would say this works to our advantage, that uh, there's a united front, and Halavai, Halavai, we can educate, we can solve the problem, but unfortunately... I, I've always said that uh, here, B'nai Yisrael, it's right now in the Pashiyot, had Gilui uh, Shrina, Kriyat Yamsuf, and a few days later they're complaining there's no meat, there's no good water, everything is bitter, and uh, you always have to go back to the realities of life. And unfortunately, there are some people whose sexual drive is beyond comprehension. And I, I read to you, I showed you an article a few weeks ago where the sheikh at Mohel, Rav, says to his daughter, Ishti uh, What kind of moron is this? Ishti Go get marriage counseling. Destroy your daughter. And that girl, I showed you, bounced back, married, haredit, Many children, unbelievable. So, all right, OJ Shtikva. Now,
The, the new problem we're going to deal with is a very fascinating problem, and uh, I don't know if I'll reach it today, but anyone who comes to these lectures will be rewarded uh, with an ear-to-ear eyewitness story. Now, I'm quoting from, Menasha, from Mish, uh, Mishnah Halachat, Siman, Chelek uh, Ket Zayin, Siman Samach Aleph. I have it in front of me, and Jack can check it out. It, it has to correspond. Now, I take, I take you back to Bernard Revel Graduate School. Uh, you see, when you touch upon Shuvat, let's say you're learning. You're learning, okay, so you come to a Rambam, and there's a whole problem with the Gishim and the Gemara, and you look into the Magad Mishnah, uh, the Kesset Mishnah, and you see uh, Shuvat are quoted. But you just touch upon the tshuva, just the topic, just the few sources. The truth of the matter is that there's a whole other part to every tshuva that's ever been written. And I phrased it this way over the millennium of teaching. Tshuva, response to literature, is a reflection of life. There's no response literature without life, and there's no life without response literature. And when you analyze a tshuva, and that's what I quoted to you, that Professor Agus, we can reconstruct all of Jewish history. And I, you know, as a kid, I didn't realize the depth of what he's saying, but it's, there's a lot of truth to it. And here you see a comment on life today, a very sad comment, but a realistic comment. Um, this girl, this lady, comes um, uh, from a modern orthodox home. And she is pulled towards a more Haredi existence. And she's ready to marry a shidduch, and uh, her parents are hysterical and say, either you marry a modern Orthodox boy or don't get married at all. Now, so what do you see from this tshuva? First of all, you see the deep, the deep chasm, the deep split. And uh, you grew up in the Haredi world in, in, in Toronto, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, when I learned in Lakewood, we'll come to this uh, tomorrow in a different context, when I learned in Lakewood, it was uh, the enmity towards YU was indescribable, the enmity towards Chabad. And this is, breaks the heart. As someone who has raised a very nice family, I give my wife more credit than I deserve. And as someone who has taught so many students uh, over the decades, I reach one simple conclusion. There is no role model that you have to force everyone into. There's a lot of freedom of choice. No two people are alike. We're, our whole mental, psychological, physical makeup is different. And each one has to find his own expression. And uh, I refer you to the story that I write about in Washington. It's a true story. All my stories are true. Uh, it was Cholomoyed Sukkot, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm walking on Rehov Strauss. I'm coming back. I just visited the Russian spiritual center that I helped organize back in 81, Shvetami. 
and I'm walking with another Wayu Musmach. I don't want to mention his name, he's no longer alive. And as we're walking down Rehov Strauss, a Jew is coming along with a Bekesher and a Streimel and a Tzcholomoid Sukkot. And he sees me, runs over, how are you? And we start talking and he's married to my student. And that when we walk away, the other rabbi says to me, Arnie, how could you fail so miserably that students which drivels, beckishes, chalamai? And I look at him, I say, you should ask the opposite. How can I succeed so brilliantly to have students which trials and, and, and beckishes and they relate to me Mori Rebbe. You follow me, Ephraim? Just the opposite of the coin. And, and this tshuva, the way it begins is frightening, but it's realistic. This is the chasm, this is the split, this is the way we live. And uh, Loa Lenu it's very few Rebbeim in the world who can teach and have their own lifestyle, but can see that there are many other configurations. You'd bet Shvatim, and then there's the Shacha Klali, and each one paints, as I've said, their own picture. The framework is the Vah Hashem. That can't be budged, but the picture is individualistic. And... Uh, this is the Shaila that he gets. What happened was that someone in Israel, a Pshuman uh, Hiradari, if I'm pronouncing it right, and everyone corresponds with him. He has uh, from Chsidim, Nagdim, Eidotam Mizrach, it's uh, YU people. So everyone corresponds with him. And uh, in this Sefer, the, he's someone reviewed a sefer that he published and he's quoting and he's dealing with this question and Rav Menashe Klein wants to show him he looked at the sefer and this question caught his attention and uh, the person who wrote the tshuva uh, cites uh, other sources It's uh, you'll see I don't want to give you all the sources he cites, these are esoterics for him, but he cites other sources dealing with similar problems, and he asks a very basic question. Does a girl have to get married? It's a very simple question. And the truth of the answer is, maybe not. Maybe not. On one hand, a man is hired through revu. There's no chiyav on a woman. Could be if she marries and has children, it creates what the prophet refers to, God created the world to be inhabited. So there is what I would call a kiyum, but it's not a, a kiyum chiyuvi. It's not that she's obligated. If she does it, she's helping propagate the world. Now, a lot has been written on this topic. Uh, and you, could be, you can be mafalpel from, from many hours. Is a woman obligated? Isn't a woman obligated? Could be that the Rebani Shlayim did not obligate a woman because the desire to be a mother is 
part of a woman's very makeup. It is ontological. It's part of creation. Yom, I haven't said a word yet. What's up? Uh, why is it a consideration in this case? Because I can't, I can't tell. Why is it a consideration in this case? Whether she, uh, she's obligated or not. Clearly, we see from the case itself that she wants to get married. So there is, there are some who say there was no need to obligate a woman because Tav the native Tandu may the mate of a mother. That's what you're referring to. Right, but she wants to get married. Yeah, no, I understand. And, and, and that could be. But I have to tell you, in modern life, this is the tremendous challenge that we face. I've alluded to it time and again. The woman has left the bedroom, has left the kitchen. She's out in the world. My great-granddaughters growing up today already at a young age start to think what they're going to do in life. It's just like a man. When I was a kid growing up, already in fourth grade, fifth grade, what are you going to do in life? What are you going to do in life? A woman, you run the house, you run the family, you raise the children. Today, the woman is out there in the world with all that this implies. We have a tremendous problem of people who are not married. If you read the Alonim, the, the freebies given out in the shuls on Friday, so I, I glanced through all the Alonim. Uh, I don't read every article, but I glanced to see what they're talking about. Some articles I do read. And, and the question of marriage, children, and women today, why should they get married? They can make more money than men. They're smarter than men. Right or wrong? They have better. They have a better. Ed- You're making us look. Bad. No, I'm not making anyone look bad. Uh, in the state of Israel, we have the army. Moshe uh, Lichtenstein once gave a whole talk with Moshe, and he said, "In Israel, there's no use talking about college. The army is college kids. They're best. I went to college, 17 to 21. I had a, a, a bachelor's. Two, a year later, I had one master's. Two years later, another master's, a doctorate." Here, a kid my, got, does Hesda, he can start university at 23. He does Hesda, just think for a minute. So, you see, this is a real problem today. And here I'll tell you a story I've told you many times, and I tell it again in context, because you see, with a chula like this, a whole world unfolds before your eyes. Um, I have some very brilliant granddaughters-in-law. I have many, actually, I should say. Baruch Hashem. And uh, one granddaughter-in-law is a native, she's from Baltimore. And she came in Aliyah the minute she finished Barnard, came in Aliyah, gets her doctorate at Hebrew U. She's in research at Weitzman. And here's a lady who has conquered the world intellectually. And when their first child was born. She held, I'm going to, they're going to come to visit us later this week. He just got out of, I think officially he's out of the army today, tomorrow. And, you know, they're out. They'll be given dates to come back in March, to come back in May. Uh, but all right, at least they're out now. So uh, this, her husband was in battle for over 100 days. So uh, I'll never forget at the brick of this great-grandson, Eyal, she's holding him and she says to me, Saba, 
this is my greatest achievement in life. And I said, you don't know how happy you make me. This is our biggest fear, that women don't want to get married, don't have kids. Lower Lane, who suddenly they wake up at 30, the biological clock is ticking, and he, I, I don't want to tell you all the shyness I've had. Can they leave the eggs? Can they go AID, Germany? It's unbelievable. But this lady, I'm proud to say, my granddaughter-in-law, her values are proper. And Baruch Hashem. And, and this is the challenge. Now, when you're going to look for a source, can a father control his daughter? Can he say, no need for you to marry? In other words, there's no chiv the oraita, true rebu is on the man. Uh, thank God, yes, he got married, and uh, you already had a doctor when you got married. You, you must have walked down the aisle with a cane or something. Explain. I, I defended it a week before. Kalek defended it a week before. Baruch Hashem, you got married and you got married to a fabulous girl. I'm sitting here in front of men who are all married to fabulous girls. Now, the source for all this is Yiftach. And you all know the story. I'm quoting to you from Shoftim, Perikud Aleph, beginning on Pasuk Lamid, Vayida Yiftach Neda Lashem Vayomer, Im Naton Titainet Bnei Amon Biyadi, Vahayach Yotzeya Sheyetzei Midal Tai. And this is one of the most famous incidents in the Torah. Yiftach, do we praise him? Do we curse him? What did he do? And here, the overwhelming majority, I'll show you Chazal in a minute, the Mepharshim, he was an Amaretz. He did a terrible thing. The first person to leave my house, I will sacrifice him unto the Lord. Now, according to Chazal, God was angry at him. How do you make a vow like this? Maybe the first person to leave your house will be a dog. <laughs> Maybe it'll be an unclean animal. How do you make a vow like this? And the Mephoshim are divided, but the overwhelming majority opinion is that God punished him. His daughter left the house. Did he actually sacrifice his daughter? Well, there is, there are some who say yes, shuto kamash But the majority of mafarshim, and it seems that our approach has to be, no, he didn't sacrifice his daughter. We don't believe in human sacrifice. This is not a ketat yitzchak. And she never married. He made this vow that he will dedicate 
whoever comes out to the Lord and uh, this reminds us of the whole story with uh, Shmuel Hanavi uh, his mother's dedicating him bringing him but with a woman not to marry not to have children a wasted terrible unfulfilled life Yiftach was not a hero and Amaretz alright he saved us brave good general but not a Talmud Chacham now this you can quote you see from here she listened you see from here that the father went out you see from here he fulfilled his vow at least to a certain degree but it's a very sad tragic story and you cannot draw a positive a conclusion Kezere'e the Kadesh okay now I want to show you the Medrash Rabbah and here I want to say some words of introduction again it opens up a world if you have knowledge and learning you see it not on one level but multifaceted and let me come back to what is dear to my heart All, you, all of you know, and Kenny has studied with me many years, uh, right, I have many interests. I don't say in Amaharet, Shaz, Paiskim, Tshuvat, Torah history. Where you can't get me excited is Machshava, philosophy. There are others who know it much better than I do, who are intrigued by it, question it, study it. Why, why doesn't Machshava, the little I know, I know because I'm a Talmud of the Rav, I had to understand the Sagada, his uh, Kabbalistic references, the Tanya. All right, I had no choice. Hilchat Deya, Hilchat Tshuva, Yisodei Torah, so there is Machshava involved. Okay, Hilchat Molochim. But I'll tell you why. When I was in seventh grade, my Rebbe was Reb Geshen Yankalovich. When I was in eighth grade, my Rebbe was Reb Hanach Fishman. To have known these people, I have no questions, no quests, no philosophic challenges. These were Talmidim of Rebbe Ruchum Levavitz, the famous legendary Mira Mashkiach. These people, I'll, I'll use Musa terminology, Oiska Abita mention. Don't know how to translate it. They were Oiska Abit. Their entire personality was worked out, Alpin Musa, their decency, their concern for others, Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, the founder. But, you know, the more you study Musa, and 
I studied a great deal of Musa, lived a great deal of Musa, and I was a Talmud of the Mashkiach later, Rabbi Yaakov Mesha Cohen Lesnar, we used to have Vadim from Musa, Vad. And I'm left with one question. How many Musaniks do you know in the world? And I would venture a guess from the time of Yisrael Salanta, and I trust you heard my lectures uh, 40, 50 years ago on the Muslim movement in the Kolel. Uh, I would say from the time of Yisrael began to go public in, in Kovna, uh, maybe in the course of 200 years or almost 200 years, we had uh, 100 real devotees of Musa. 100. Maybe I'm overestimating. Now, shift gears, and uh, there was another great innovation. Began a little bit earlier than the Muslim movement. You know it as the Hasidic movement. Yesterday I came into Daven Mincha, 10 minutes to 1, I reached Ohel Rivka, and uh, I start talking to Monty Nussbaum, who I only know since 1943, and a chasid davening, I'm telling you as it is, a chasid da- finishing davening, shachras, mincha, they daven back to back, they fabrain, hears my voice and comes running over with his bekesha, chabatnik can wear bekesha and shabbos even if they wear short clothes during the week. With his gato, nice American kid is coming, Aliyah, a lawyer, and he says to me, what is your name? I say, Aaron Rekafet. He embraces me and hugs me, has been my student for years, and he's meeting me for the first time, and you couldn't believe it. What's his name? Nussbaum. Monty, this is Monty Nussbaum. And, and this is Yossi Nussbaum. And Monty has a nephew, Yossi. He says, yeah, I know your nephew. We're both lawyers. We're listed on the same list of lawyers who passed the bar in New York. He also passed in Israel. Tell me. And I start talking. When did you daven chakras today? <laughs> 10.30. Do you know when I came in Aliyah and old Rifka, if those people would still be alive, they would put you in Kherim. And you had a big crowd, and now you're fabrained, and you finished Mincha a minute ago, and now you're going home to, to, to eat. And I said, well, you're lucky I am open-minded and greet you warmly. Gentlemen, how many Hasidim are there in the world since Hasidus began? Millions, millions before Hitler, there were millions in Europe. Today, the largest amount of from people in America are Hasidim, Satma, Lubavitcher, Ger, Bells, Vishnitz, Square, Israel, Hasidim. Kenny, you know a little Yiddish, Mamalashin, how were you raised? What language did your parents speak to you? Yiddish. What, what? I find something Yiddish. Yeah, oh, yeah, Baruch Hashem, so you know a little Yiddish. 
We sit down after class, Ephraim opens a bottle of vodka, we drink a lachayim, have a little lekech, and yes, he starts telling us stories of the rebellion in Queens. You follow? Chassid, very easy. To be a musonic, wow. And here you have, and, and I can illustrate it over, I, I'll give you a simple illustration that just happened to me this past week. I was really frighteningly out of it on Friday in Shabbos. I was shaking because I was expecting a visit from the Rav. And those of you who know what happened to me three years ago can understand what I'm saying. Couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't open I had no appetite to eat. I was sure I was hit with corona again. The whole body worn down. Bad news. Ugh. So I had to transfer money to the Vat where I live for February, March. Do you, can you believe it? Never do anything when you don't have your full cycle. I transferred the money to Ohul Rifka, 1,400 shekel to Ohul Rifka. It's Vat it. Now, i got to get back the money. Do you know when the money was finally returned to me? It showed up Saturday night on bank discount. When we returned Friday afternoon, the Schmenrek sat down two minutes before Shabbos and remembered they owed one of their distinguished members of old Rifkata, 1400s. Kenny, that's a chassid. He's busy with this and that, the other thing, and Vechat Seid and who has time. If I owe someone money, and I had to return it, I would have done it one minute after I was asked. One minute. Sixty seconds by the clock. That's the difference. Now why am I telling you all this? Because here's one of the saddest sources you will ever see. And um, Rabbanasha Klein quotes it in detail. But I wanted to give you a little background to appreciate the source. It's Medrash Rabbah to Chayesara, Pasha Samach, Sif Katan Gimel. And here you see Samach, Sif Katan Gimel, and uh, the Medrash deals with Jiftach and what he did and what he did to his daughter. And wait a minute, the Medrash says Pinchas was alive. Why didn't he go to Pinchas and Matinet? I have to tell you, the minute my feet went on me, and I, it's, uh, I can tell you exactly how many years, it's ten years ago now. It happened to me in this building, walking from my, I just had a very, again, I react to see I'm too sensitive. I had a very bad phone call that Rabbi Luchenstein is very sick. And it's not just something that will pass over. And I was walking from my office to Sherry's office, and my legs crumpled under me. And it turned out meniscus. So, 
the first thing I did, I called in three students, set up a baton. I was Martineta, Ephraim, you know why? I used to stand for Chazar Shatz. I used to stand for Kriyat HaTorah. I was Martineta. It's very simple, Martineta, because that. If I would have known that one day my legs are going to buckle under me, you follow me? I would have been. It's a minatol, but not a net. It's matanet. Go to Pinchas, and what's the problem? You tell the Kohen Godel Yassi, I made a netter, but I never dreamt my daughter would walk out, number one. And since she did, and it's my daughter, and human sacrifice, and she shouldn't marry, please, be matanetam. The Medjish Rabbi asked this. Ah, and the Medjish Rabbi here describes, I'll use the Yiddish word I learned from the Muslim movement, the Fadobin type. Fadobin. You see? People of Bale Gaifa. You've ever experienced that in life? People can be Bale Gaifa, not Max, but there are people who are so foolish. For instance, Max's wife, what's her first name? Hannah. Hannah. Imagine someone came over to Hannah and said Hannah, and she corrects the person, doctor. No. Who are you correcting? What's wrong with the name Hana? Hana, you know what Hana stands for? Chala, Nidla, Hadlakat, Neirat. Right or wrong? The Baraita. Hana. That was taught to me in Russia with someone's, a lady born in Leningrad who lives not far from here today with many grandchildren. And they named the Hana. She should always be medakdeket in chala nida hadlaka neira. Okay. So you see, you meet people, stuffed shirts, professor, there's why I don't want to mention name, one why you faculty member, great Talmud Chakram from Israel comes to America, and he meets him, and this guy pulls and the person from Israel is a gonadir. I don't, the person is also a So he came back to me, said, he said to me, Atemba got limba like gaiva shama the yeshiva university she'enka tuk matam. And I understood the same. You understand the gaiva, gaiva, people, all right, I admit I'm older. I, 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 I happily would call Mark Rabbi Dr. Lieutenant Colonel Mark Wiener. And Mark, all best regards. We sent you an email today. We need your help. I want to... There was a, the owner of the... The CEO of the Chicago Bulls. Yoma, Reinstorf is the name? The owner, the owner. His Reinstorf. Um, Jerry, Jerry, but the kid we want is Michael. It's the son. He has three boys. One died two years ago. This boy... He was so good to my grandson's unit. He uh, did a tour down south, and this artillery unit, my grandson's in charge of logistics, they've been fighting over 100 days, and uh, my grandson speaks perfect English, although he's a fourth generation Yudushalmi, born here, 
and he bought with them and he sent gifts for the whole unit. And I, I want to thank him because he was so nice. But then, how do you thank him? Imagine how many nudniks write to him, so tomorrow I'm going to dictate a letter that will begin. Uh, I know that many nudniks bother you. I therefore don't want to tell you who I am. If you're interested in knowing who's corresponding, Google me. I'm not, I'm not writing to ask you for anything, but writing to thank you. Then I'll describe further how much appreciated it is what he did with backpacks. You know, the whole unit, they were together a hundred days, they bonded together. And this is about the third, fourth war they've been in. And it was so appreciated. And my grandson said to me, you know, many people come by and promise. Then they go back to America. My grandson said to me, Shabbat, he, uh, not Shabbat, Arab Shabbat we spoke. He said to me, he fulfilled his promises, not 100%, but 200%. So you see, uh, there are people in life, but Gaiva is a terrible trait. Uh, people come over to me. I've, I've been called rabbi, doctor, professor. And I say, please, if you're my Talmud, it's Rebbe. And if you're not my Talmud, it's from Rebbe. If you know me from B'nai Akiva, it's Aaron. If you know me before B'nai Akiva, it's Ani. If you know me after B'nai Akiva, when I entered the Rabbinate, it's Aaron. I wasn't born with any titles, but could you imagine a stuff shirt? Now, this is the Medrash. The Medrash says, why didn't he go to Pinchas? So he said, I'm the general. It's like Dayan used to say, you don't know when we had problems before the Yom Kippur War with the Yachvi Achad and brother then, oh, don't ask. And he said, I'll create a new rabbinate here. You know, he's the boss, the army, the brother and sister, the Langer case I'm referring to. Oh, wow. He knows it all. Who the heck are the rabbis? I'm the general, I'm the one-eyed Mashiach, etc., etc. You don't know what went on here. And, all right, so Pinchas, wake up, and you go to Gilad. That's the Medrash says. And Pinchas, no, what did Pinchas say? Pinchas, I'm the man with Ruach HaKodesh. I'm the Kohen Gadol. I'm the Negid Aleihem. I should go to Yiftach? And because of this Gaiva, his daughter, life was room. And you should read the Medrash further that Pinchas was punished, Gilad was punished, and you see here that Gaiva, a terrible shape. Humility 
so important, but so difficult. And by the way, I have to tell you that this is part of the educational system. It's a built-in fault system. Why? How do we educate? We educate, you have to get ahead, you have to do well, you have to achieve good grades. Even the Musha movement, Bishvilini, Raha Adam. And at times, you don't know how to balance it out with the other requirements of life and existence in Torah. And this Midrash is overwhelming, very powerful. And of course, the conclusion is very simple. If Yiftach was a Balgaiver, it's one thing, but Pinchas, Kohen Gadol, the famous Pinchas, he too was a Balgaiver and lacked humility. No wonder the Muslim movement is limited in what it achieves. How easy it is to be a chassid. And you have to give credit. Hasidic movement, despite the Holocaust, despite the fact that you take the Geta Rebbe's whole family wiped out, essentially, the Belzer Rebbe's whole family wiped out. Take a look how many tens and tens of thousands of families there are in the world today that will proudly say we're Gera, we're Belsa. Look at Lubavitch after the Holocaust. Who came to America? The sixth Rebbe? Who did he bring with him? Two sons-in-law, two daughters, one grandchild altogether. And take a look at Lubavitch today. So you see this Medrash, very powerful, but very insightful. But what do you see from this Medrash? A tragedy. A tragedy of tragedies. A girl is not getting married. How can you be part of a cruel system? Tell your daughter not to marry because the boy is Siddish, the boy is Litvish, the boy is Haredi. And I need not tell you, many times in life we face this quagmire. I have never budged from the answer I always give. And tell me if she was marrying a Reformed Jew, you'd be happy? Happier? Baruch Hashem. Haredi. Siddish doesn't raise a why you banner. Life is life. You can never tell what will happen later. Let them be happily married. Let them be loyal to each other. Let them be considerate of each other. Hakolam shalom. Yoma will remember there was a girl from Stern College. What Yomo, she married above of a chassid? Am I right? Abubba, I believe Abubba. And I remember the girl kept a diary that she kept on publishing that 
a lady who was from Stern, married to a Bababa, and Baruch Hashem, I think it's two decades later, I don't know, the marriage has worked out beautifully. So uh, this is the approach, but no question that that Medrashraba, that source, is a very important source. Do not stand in a way of a shidduch. And I can give many examples, but you get the point. Now, I want to quote another Gemara, and this comes to, the, to a question that almost never existed in response to literature. It was theoretical in the Gemara, but halacha lamaisa, you never came up with this question. Nowadays, you come up with this question thousands of times over. My dear students, we're living in a generation of Balei Tshuva. Uh, over the decades, I taught so many wonderful, wonderful students. Some of the greatest students I taught, both men, both women, both in the Kolel, you name it, Michlala, Machal, Gold, BMT, Midrashat Maria, some of the greatest students I taught were Balei Shiva. Sometimes they were the Balei Shiva. I had students, I remember, in the Kolil whose parents were Balei Shiva. I told you, I, I came across at least two families that became from, from Fiddler on the Roof. And I don't want to minimize it because people wrote fiddle on the roof, they were distant from Yiddishkeit, but tradition. I actually taught a top Talmud in the Kolel, and he said, my parents, their entire lives changed from one song, tradition. There's one song in Fiddle on the Roof that I hold has Ruach HaKodesh in it. Is this the little boy I carry? Is this the little girl I, pray, I play? I don't remember growing older. When did they? It has a Ruach HaKodesh to it. That, that's, it's, it's Kohelet. It's Yehashirim. It's Mishlei. A Jewish, a Jewish mind, whether they realized where their mind is coming, wrote those lyrics. So ours is a generation of Balei Tshuva. The shyness that come up, you cannot imagine. Ephraim, you never had these shyness. What do you do if your father asks you to turn the radio on on Shabbos? What do you do if your parents' home is not kosher? What can you eat? How can you cook? What do you do in endless moments where there's conflict in the home? And you got to understand, people who were not raised in Yiddishkeit have no concept of a, of a halacha, of something binding. I remember once Malka drove me back, uh, she would always drive back, take me to the Kotel and drive back before Shabbos. And one time it was raining, the light, anyway, the lights in the car were still on. It's not like today I have a car that when you turn off the key, the lights go off. 
And I remember the lights were on all Shabbat. And a woman, a next-door neighbor in the next building, came to me said, Isn't that your car? She said, Why don't you turn off the lights? I said, Shabbat, I am. And her attitude was, Yes, I understand. You don't want to... But this is an emergency. The battery will be drained. Turned out the battery was not drained. I had a, a, a Shemaim Zikuni. But... You understand the thinking. Uh, I, I give you another example that uh, it's overwhelming. I, I'm an eyewitness to this. In my building of Heim Berlin, the building opened up in 6970. I'm there. I bought in October 69. The smartest thing ever did in my life. Except next to marrying my wife. That was number one. And buying Berlin 18 was number two. Okay. You don't know what I'm referring to because everyone's like, what? $25,000 for an apartment? Hello, Hegioni. The Hakel. And then after I bought it, we were waiting for a Lechadash mortgage. The Kablan wanted to buy it back to me with a 5,000 lira profit for me. And I understood that. I don't know how God gave me the wisdom. I was a kid of 31. That if he wants it back, you keep it, brother. I kept it. Okay. Yes. And and you see, all people who don't observe halacha, so living in my building, many great rabbanim have lived in the building, myself excluded. Goinim, tzaddikim. So Rabbi Aryeh Grusnus lived in our building for many years. You know, I'm talking about Av Bateman of London, Litvish Talmud Chacham, his English was the, the Queen's English, I have no idea, perfect. They say his wife wrote um, novels, mysteries under a pseudonym, she shouldn't embarrass the update. And, and they lived in my building. So one time, Shabbos morning, he's coming home from shul. And I was walking out, I think, to go to my daughter, like whatever it was. And uh, we had kids in the building, you know, families not Shemesh Shabbos at the time. Today the building is all Shemesh Shabbos. But then, and these kids with the biggest Yudas in the world from the from the Rav of Yerushalayim, Diskin family, don't ask the Yichas. These were great-great-grandchildren. from Translation, they didn't know a drop of anything Jewish. God have mercy. So the kids are riding with chalk in front of the building. And Rabbi Christmas comes over to them and says, he's coming home from Shul and in his broken Hebrew, Shabbat Hayom Asur. And the kids look at him, Lo, lo, anachnu chiloniyim. You follow? They're not obligated. It's, it's, they can't even start to understand what called Yisrael Raven Zevit Lazarin. And this is the greatness of Chabad, that Chabad knows how to deal with these Jews. We don't. I don't know. Chabad knows. you got to give them credit. you got to give them credit. So these questions, do you have to listen to your parents where do you draw the line? And this is the Gemara Bab Metziah, Taflamid Bet Amid Aleph, the famous Gemara. 
Tana Rabbanan, Minayin Sheima Malo Aviv, Hitamei Oshamalo Al Kalzia Shalom Yishmalo. Your father says to a Kalein, go into the cemetery, become Tamei. There's there's a hundred dollar bill uh, there. Get it for me. Or the father says, Ach, Al-Kazir, you found a hundred dollars? Don't go and make a big announcement. There's there's a sign up outside Gris. No one pays attention to it. It's on the bench. Yoma, what did they find? An iPad or something? You didn't read the whole sign? So there's a sign up. If you lost, please call me. Gives a phone number. You follow? So the fun, don't make a big deal. Put the hundred dollars in your pocket. I made friends. There's a secretary in in Macon She doesn't know what to do for me. I look at her. About ten years ago, it was raining. With this, I, I'm walking up the steps. I see a, an iPad, a phone, whatever they call it. But more than, I was so upset. Who does it belong to? So I went into Macon Lev later that day. I gave it to someone at the switchboard. I said, look, I don't understand how to work this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an Amaritz. But there must be a way it belongs to someone. Turned out it belonged to this lady. She didn't know what to do for me. Till t- t- today, she's my best friend. She waves, gives me a big look. I look at her, what do I do? Hashabatabayta. Do I deserve a thank you for being a good Jew? We Shalom. But your father says, don't return. What do you do? Shenema isha vivi moti ro vi tishmeru ani Hashem kulchem chayavim bekvodi. And look into Rashi, and Rashi says, yes. Part of the halacha says, Isha vivi motiro, you're obligated to fear your parents, love your parents, honor your parents, but your parents and you and are obligated, first of all, to listen to the word of God, to listen, listen to the word of the Lord. This is a basic concept. And when your parents tell you to do something which is incorrect, you are not to listen to them. And I want to tell you something very interesting. The first one to write about this is very famous today. My student, was he in your time, uh, Kenny? Moshe Weinberger, the Eshkodesh Rebbe. Was he in BMT, BMT in your time? He was in BMT, I believe, on Rehov. Uh, one second, I'm blocking out. Uh, r- right off Rehov Palmach. Neely. Rehov Neely. Nesach Yisrael Lo You were then that building too. I believe he was as well. And uh, today he's a famous Rebbe, Outreach, one of the famous Rabbanimari, built in, in Woodmere. But he wrote a volume that was published, it has to be maybe the end of the 1980s, if I remember correctly, I have it in my library at home, 
he wrote a volume on Kirov Rechokin with all these Shilas. How do you keep kosher? How do you keep Shabbat? How do you manage with your parents? Where do you draw the line? What can you do? What can't you do? And this is part of our generation. Earlier generations never had questions like this. Earlier generations, just the opposite. How did Rav Pinchas Tights put it? When he came to America and you came into a home and you saw a library of Svarim, a Shank Svarim, you knew that it belonged to the grandparents. Today you come into a home and you see a library, you know, it it belongs to the grandchildren. And we raised a generation, Baruch Hashem, of Balei Tshuva. And these questions, which we never had before, just the opposite then. The question, what we banish Shalom, I can tell you, the secretary of the Agudat Rabbanim, who I yet knew and lived in Palmach in his final years, I taught his grandchildren, and we became very close. And, and he told me how his son went to medical school and his son would bring sandwiches from the house and opposite him sat the sons of great rabbis who were eating chasatrev. Follow me? That was the previous generation. The opposite. Today, Baruch Hashem. But what do you see from this Gemara? What do you see? Your parents tell you not to marry? Who gives them the right? You're a mature individual. The boy is from Chassid, Litmak. From them what your parents want? So what? Who gives them the right to interfere? Ani Hashem. Do what's proper. Marry, children, happiness. Don't emulate Yiftach. And let me go one step further. These are magnificent Gemaras and you can discuss it. It opens the world to you. But now I want to show you another Gemara. And Rabbi Menashe Klein, this Gemara as well. But first, the word of introduction. Tell me, are we misogynists? The Torah system. Who's a Bukhar here? Two X. You're not a Bukhar, one X. You're a, a woman? Nothing. Zero. You know what's going on here? Max, you want to be from? You think you're smart? So you declare. I want to follow exactly the Torah system. No, I used to meet with the Geshechayim, Rabbi Chil Tukachinsky, it's I think in the second volume, towards the end, he has an unbelievable story. He pleads with everyone to draw up a halachic will. Ephraim, you know what a halachic will means? My daughter can assist you in and Many lawyers specialize in it. I don't have any problem. I only have daughters. 
So I have no need to follow well, My children inherit a third, a third, a third. I, I have something else in Israel where you deposit your will with the state of Israel and no one can, if you have to pay a stamp tax, not that much. My daughter handled that. I have a will that no one can challenge. <laughs> a third, a third, a third. But if you have sons, so you drop a will that it's not they inherit you. It's a matana right before you die. So therefore, <coughs> everyone <coughs> can inherit you equally. Rabbi Chil Michal who no one will suspect of being a YU graduate, uh, tells the story that there was a family in Meir Sharim, and they said, we have no need of a halachic will, we will do everything according to the Torah, the Bechor will get double, the men, the other sons will get single, the girls will get nothing. And in that family, they don't talk to each other until today, he writes. That's how bad the Machoikis was. So he says, please, draw up a halachic will. What, what's your problem, Ephraim? If it's a halachic will, then it would be halacha. So why did this family decide, oh, we're going to go according to halacha and not do a halachic will? It's well, the family decided they want to do what the Torah says. They're from a, they don't need a halachic will. They're or from, they're frumer than anyone. So he pleads for everyone to write a halachic will. Okay, so that's the first part. Okay, and then the next part is that we misogynists? No, you see, the whole lifestyle before, I always told my children, my grandchildren, I was blessed with endless grandsons, Kanain Hara. So I always told them, the Bar Mitzvah is your day. The wedding is the Kala's day. Whatever she wants, she gets. And we gave our daughters big dowries. We encouraged them and the boys that found them get married. Giving dowries, giving money. That was the original system. And ultimately it evened out. You raised sons, all right, they got married. No one gave them big dowries. Women? different story. Today ain't hachinami. Men, women, <coughs> life, money, you're well advised to have a halachic will. It saves all that misnethish. Yesli, are you a firstborn? Do you know why the firstborn get double? Rafish says it very beautifully and very simply and very correctly. All the mistakes parents make, they make on the firstborn. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's how they learn how to raise children. All right, it's a good word, it's a good word. Can I inherit? I have to say that uh, firstborn also have a certain initiative. They feel responsible for the other children. I saw in my family, I have two younger brothers, I felt responsible. Malka has a younger brother and a younger sister. She's the eldest, feels responsible. 
my eldest daughter, I see the same feeling. She's responsible. And I notice the eldest grandchildren and great-grandchildren, they feel responsible. See, it's something inborn with the concept that you're the Bukhar. You're the first. You're the eldest. You have to take responsibility. Okay. Ah, my dear Talmidim, I'll show you a beautiful Gemara. Ktuvat Dafmen Bet Amid Bet. 52b in Ktuvat. And the Gemara is quoting a Pasuk from Yimiyahu. The Pasuk says, Kachu Nashim Vahalidu Banimu Banat Ukhul Venechem Nashim Viyat Benotrechem Tnulad Nashim Vetoledu Banimu Banat Varavu Sham Vaaltit Mau. And then the Gemara says, the Pasuk says so beautifully. Give your daughters away. Take wives for your sons. See that the family increases. Don't hold back. Don't minimize. The Gemara asks a very simple question. Sons take wives. Very available men. There are three or four women fighting for him. You know what the problems we have? You know the statistics. What do you mean? Who can force a stranger to marry your daughter? Take husbands for your daughters. Men, choosy. What are you looking for? A shatchayu miyim Hevel hachein veshekel hayofi. Hey, wait a minute. There's a chazal that says, The main thing is the woman, the beauty, the attraction. Remember the famous Shaila I taught you 70 years ago from Ramesha, 60 years ago? I talk about Yerodeya, Shubat Sadi, Ramesha, first volume Yerodeya, Shubat Sadi, if I recall correctly, 90. Uh, let me tell you the Chubit. I, I see you'll lead up the end of the hour, but it's, if you're not familiar with it, it's worth hearing it. Uh, it's the one of the few Chubit that Ramesha doesn't tell you the name who he's writing to. Rakefet says the reason Ramesha didn't tell you the name because the guy who asked it was a dumbhead and he didn't want to embarrass him. What was this guy? Guy has to be a good yeshiva boy. He figures out a situation where he can't lose. He's going with this girl, and uh, he figures he's going to go up to a kachalain again. No one knows what a kachalain is today. In the mountains, they used to have you rented a bedroom, and everyone cooked in a common kitchen. We weren't wealthy enough to have our own little units. So this guy is going to rent two rooms, one for himself and one for the girl he's courting. And he wants her to cook for him 
and make his bed, he wants to see if she's a balabasta. And uh, he writes to Rav Moshe, he's worried about her chakot, you know, make your bed, uh, cook for you, serve you. She's a nidah. Does it apply? Harhakat, etc. So Rabbi Meisha writes back to him in simple language, you idiot, you're going to test her? You can test her? He says, anyone can fake out, suddenly make the bed, cook. That doesn't prove anything. He says, no, no, I'll be a lucky, you can do it, but what does it accomplish? And then Rabbi Meisha gives him advice what to look for. And the first thing he tells him, Mareha, the attraction. And no one in the world can explain the mystical pull. I once remember about 20, 30 years ago, BBC had a whole series on what attracts man and woman. And they couldn't reach a black and white answer. One man's hot water bag is another man's passion. But then Rabbi Meisha says, also the family, what he means, look, you don't want to marry a girl who's going to serve you locust chocolate covered on your birthday. Uh, or if you, maybe in Israel you will marry a girl like that, but you have to be prepared to accept the differences. And then you have to know that the family, you know, some guy will say, Rabbi, I'm engaged to this girl. What a family! Her brothers are coming to her fathers are coming Hey, wait a minute, you're marrying the girl. You gotta know that her, she's okay, she's good, she's fine. Mention three things the looks, the family, and her own reputation. But you see, what's there? The looks. You can't force it. Over the years, I've had students come and say, Rabbi, you should see this girl I'm engaged to. A beauty. All right, I meet the girl, nice girl, fine. A beauty. Not in my eyes, but at least in his eyes. Baruch Hashem. Yeah. A girl will come say, Rabbi, you should see this guy. He's handsome. I meet the guy. looks like an anteater. But all right, in her eyes, handsome, accomplished. You see, how can you force anyone to marry your daughter? The Gemara asked that very question. Bishlema, they quote the Pasuk I just quoted, Bishlema, Banim biyadecha kaimei, Ela benotecha, Mi kaimei biyadecha. And, and, now it is understandable that a father be charged to marry off his sons for it is his hands to do so. But is it his hands to marry off his daughters? That's the translation. Normally, the man takes the initiative in finding a spouse and not the reverse. Hence, it is indeed in the father's hands to act as a surrogate and seek out a wife for his son. But what can a father do to have a man marry his daughter? That's the question in the Gemara. I just want, I, I just want to tell you in parentheses in that beautiful documentary 
of people apart. About about Borough Park, don't, the document came out 25 years ago, won many awards. So this this Baba Chassid growing up, he says, uh, Mother, Father, this is time to get married. He says, fine, who? Tells his mom, you pick out a girl for me. And uh, he, it's a beautiful, the depth of it. And she picks out a girl, he marries her. And, and then he describes how he had to adjust to getting married. It's not just someone picks out a girl and puts her in your life. It's a wife. It's time, consideration, talk, compassion, understanding. You're with me, Max? Okay, and it's close to parentheses, but it's a very interesting part in that documentary. So the Gemara answers, oh boy, what a beautiful answer. Ha kamash malon, the nalbisha v'nichsecha v'nitavla midei ki heichi dekapsei alevi at. And the Gemara answers, rather this word teaches us we should clothe a daughter, bideka, give us some property so that men will jump at her and come to marry her. Yoma, what do we see from here? A man inherits the father but her daughter during her lifetime, clothes, jewelry, cosmetician, makeup, hairdresser. Wow! When a flame walks by, his tongue is falling out. Wow! This girl, beautiful, beautiful. And and this is life. My wife always says that there isn't a girl alive who doesn't have something beautiful that she should accentuate. And you have to, you need advice at times. In Israel, it's a big business preparing women, cosmeticians, self-image, self-confidence, money, money, the ability to marry, Israel to buy an apartment, Parents have to start saving. Yes, sir, you're hearing Aliyah? I can't answer that question. Can't answer. I'll have to ask your better half. The minute you have your first child, Max, start saving. Apartments, wedding, here it's down the middle. They split. They split. In, in, in the Tzionidati world, I'm talking about. Down the middle. But what a beautiful, beautiful Gemara. And we're not misogynists. That was the lifestyle. You did everything possible to help your daughter. You don't wait until she inherits the father, the mother. She's a princess. Treat her accordingly. All right. What do you see from this Gemara? Once again, maybe there's no mitzvah of true revu, but Torah sense, common sense, you have to see, we'll quote next week with Manasha Klein, common sense, absolutely 
let the girl marry, help the girl marry. Has for Khalila to say, listen to your parents. The boy is not for you. Remain single. Has for Khalila to take that approach. And you see here, Menashe Klein is on very solid and firm ground. And no one will disagree with him. And here, you have to balance factors. People need advice in life. Do you know that in Israel, their classes given, lectures given, how to be a mother-in-law, how to be a father-in-law. You see, in transition of life, you're growing up. Take a kid. His parents worry about him, care about him, involved in every decision he has to make. And then, yes, he gets married, and his parents are no longer so involved. The less involved they are, the healthier it will be. And I know what I'm telling you. I had one case, again, that has to remain nameless, many years ago. And a dear student from the Kola married this lady from a fine, beautiful home. But I knew the parents on both sides. And I said, your parents are very strong-willed. You want to listen to me? Come to Israel. Live here. Give yourself a chance to develop a firm marriage and keep the czar far from here. Yossi, you won't believe it, but Nebeth, they didn't listen to me. I'm not going to give any more details. And years later, my dear Talmud said to me, Rebbe, halavai, we would have listened to you. Fortunately, he remarried very nicely, a sister of a Tommy Dov mine, and worked out a beautiful family and tremendous success in life. But the heartache of the first marriage was always there. I don't know what happened with her. As far as I know, she never remarried. As a child, sad. But this is life. And you have to know where do you draw the line? And when the father, you know what I told you last week with Burrow Park, the famous joke, who will support you? God. Who will buy you an apartment, a house? God. Who will take a God? Father walks out and they ask, no, what do you say? What about the boy? I love him. I was never called God more times. Yeah, but then he really thinks it's God. And, and you have to know how to adjust. And then is the opposite-in-law very close to her daughter. And, and you know, how do you balance out? How do you, you don't want the mother to interfere 90% of the time, 50% mela. And, and how do you balance that out? And this Gemara is so powerful. Do everything you can. Make your daughter attractive. A girl has to marry. Don't be an idiot like Yiftach. Don't be stupid like Pinchas Kohen Gadol. But how do you balance it out?
And these are the challenges of life, and this is why, Yossi, you will never lack for a profession. Because psychology, social work, psychiatrists, wow. When we came in Aliyah, these were all luxuries. You didn't have them in Israel. You have no idea. Bobby Ash, my dear Bobby, who I know from childhood, he was the first religious psychologist in Malachi Dati school. Today, any psychologist, I can get him a job like that. You follow? The need. My daughter, she's the psychologist for Yeshiva, for yeshiva Bnei Yeshiva High School in Piskansev. She's the therapist, or whatever they call her. And you should see, she has students and helps, and she has nachat. You know, when you see these kids straighten out, it's tremendous nachat. By the way, my grandson in the Tankor met endless students of his in the Tankor. You follow? You have nachat. The kids who studied here in Shalavim Na'alev, the Na'alev program, before the parents come in Aliyah, etc., the kids are planning, and later these kids, you meet them in the army, in the tank corps. It's, uh, it's a great feeling. It's like when I feel, when I look at Kenny, you have no idea my joy. You follow? Kenny was my student the first time how many years ago? 45. 40, uh, it's only yesterday, 46. But Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. And I remembered Annie Kelman then. Wow, wow. This is Baruch Hashem. Ashrei Adam that you see your world in your world. It's not a small matter. Okay. To reiterate, first of all, I want to thank everyone for coming today. I miss Mark. Uh, imagine us to stay up all night to hear my jokes, but ain't I see him on screen. Okay. Yeah, I see you. I see you. Baruch Hashem. Uh, I want to thank everyone for honoring me with their presence. Uh, I also want to mention to everyone listening who will hear this year in Yu Torah, we got endless emails why there was no Sheiram last week. Please contact Professor Tarragon, Morty, M-O-R-T-Y at, or strudel, whatever you call it, tarragon, T-A-R-A-G-I-N, dot com, and asked to be put on the mailing list for this shia, because last week what haunted me was, how can I tell everyone I'm not going to give shia one call to Morty, and it went out to the whole world, but you've got to be on the mailing list, and people knew I wasn't giving shia, because I didn't feel well. Or Hashem... We're okay today. Today was an interesting shear, but the best is yet to come next week. Jack, I wish I could charge 36000 to the IOU list. These wise guys shouldn't think but what can I do after I... It's Kenny, when I recovered from Corona three years ago, I had to abolish the list out of Thanksgiving. Tomorrow, be as Hashem at 9 a.m. I wouldn't miss the shear for anything. I'm coming back to next week. The uh, Hasidic teaching versus the Litvisha teaching. 
we still have not solved that problem. I'll give you very interesting sources. Are there any questions from the gentleman in front of me? No, okay, open it up to the world, see if there are any questions. Recording stopped. Okay, unmute everyone. Yes, everyone's allowed to mute. Okay, are there any questions from around the world? Okay, all right, all right. So I want to thank everyone for honoring me on screen and in person. We pick up again tomorrow. By the way, Yomo doesn't know this, but uh, someone asked me for a link to my talk on how to survive the war, and I've broken all records. I've gone through the sky for over a quarter of a million Sheyurim and Wayu Torah, and we're over 1,500. And it's just beginning, because I got a request from a new organization to give encouragement to parents of Chayal Bodedim, a link to the Shayurim on YouTube and on YU Torah. So Baruch Hashem, and I listened to my talk. If I didn't listen, I couldn't survive because this has been much, much harder than the Yom Kippur War. So Halavai, Yeshua Tashem, Bechkeherifayim, but most important, the Hatzlacha, Ana Hashem, Hatzlichana. Okay, until we meet again tomorrow morning in health and happiness, Das Vidanya. Thank you.